0: Welcome to Sneaker Dads, I'm John Ratner. If you missed last week's episode with Los from 8.5 Agency, go back and have a listen because we had a great conversation. This week on the podcast, I welcome Jelani Morgan, a Toronto-based photographer who I met through sneakers many years ago and we reconnected recently in the fitted hat community. We have a lot to talk about, including his work with the Blue Jays and being an uncle. So let's get into it. Jelani, welcome. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for finding some time. We'll get into our connection uh, from the past and our connection now and uh, what else is going on very soon. But before I get into anything else, I have to ask, as always, what's in the rotation? What are you wearing on feet these days? Uh, So
1: it had been a cool day. So yesterday after my softball game, I had my thermal balls on. Um, which is really ra- rare cause it's summer. Um, but I have that, I have my, uh, new balance, Joe fresh goods, the, um, the inside voices one. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've been golfing a lot. So it would be my shadow low ones, um, uh, my Chicago low ones. Um, and I was, I had my, um, dunks they're like i call them bronco colors because i'm a bronco fan but nice. i watched spike lee wear his and i bet he's gonna call his his nike or his his nicks one so right um on. yeah some some dunk highs is where, where i'm at right now
0: the two lows those are the golf versions right yeah
1: yeah yeah i love them they're they're i get to play and then once i'm <laughs> o- like once the game's over i could still wear them So it it feels like they have a nice crossover appeal after I'm done. So I don't have to really like take like the shoes off and put on another one. Like I could still rock those after the game. So
0: yeah, Yeah. I really like those two. They're not so golfy in terms of their spikes or whatever the, the out outsole is right. It's, it's more, (laughs) it's more subdued, I guess, in terms of how, how much it lifts off the ground. Right.
1: Yeah. I would say they're like, um, indoor soccer cleats you know like they still have like a little bit of rib but it's not enough that it would like you would trip or if it was like wet you would slip you know like so it has like a nice mix for me um obviously I don't wear them out and I would love to but I, I love them as my my sports equipment of course
0: what about for softball do you wear cleats or do you wear sneakers
1: I work (laughs) so um I played yesterday and I had the Jordan Fours um all blue um cleats and so those are really nice as well too I'm glad I have those pairs and I'm really liking this sort of like merge of like basketball aesthetic and other sports these crossover appeals are really like fascinating to me because like I play these sports too right like yeah uh, I do watch basketball and I do play basketball, but like I'm a softball kid, I'm a golf guy like and being able to like bring in those aesthetics of basketball into like these spaces that I like really truly love like it it, it it's they have something going on with what they're doing with their equipment, so I- I'm glad to to be able to have these ones in my my
0: rotation yeah and we see players not uh, of course on the basketball court but in other sports rocking things like Jordans with cleats and maybe we'll talk about that when we start to talk about baseball and the blue Jays a little bit later but um if we're talking about uh sneaker rotation, um, people will soon discover you're also a hat fitted hat guy like me and um mm-hmm. so what's in the hat rotation? Do you have one do you do you just pull out what whatever fits that day or whatever's top on the rack or you is it more calculated? I, I'm going to lean to calculate it because with the
1: amount of hats that, you know, I have, as you know, there's an ability to match the colors with what I'm thinking about either with shoes or my pants or my socks or my like. So, you know, right now I'm wearing this Peace Collective um, two-tone joint that I really enjoy right now. It's like the off-white with the, with the blue brim. And I like that summer feeling. I love the, you know, I'm a nineties kid. So like, I think of like you know boys to men and back in the day with the two-tone joints so i really like that era that we're in right now um i have i'm looking at um a a anthem hat um which was the all baby blue with the world series because like i really enjoyed that baby blue because i was wearing i think i was wearing like a baby blue nike jersey for like when i was golfing so as i said i really like the ability in this era to have hats that go along with the other clothes that we both wear, you know what I mean, and so yep. I'm wearing that, and then I have to the left of me, um it's really fascinating. I have all these Canadian brands. I love that as this is happening. Um, and I have a still lavender muscle jays hat right now. Um, I had this like Tiger Woods uh, golf shirt that was lavender as well too. And I was like, well, I have a lavender, so let's rock the lavender. Um, nice. So yeah, like I generally like to play with the palettes that are in my clothes, like in my closet. And with the amount of hats that I have now, John, there's sort of an ability to be able to keep things cohesive or contrasting or I'm a cohesive guy, then more contrasting. So yeah, I have a lot of matching
0: hats, is basically what the story brings it down to. So I I think I answered this question when my son might have asked it on a previous episode a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about hats or shoes, and I said, I said if you had if I had to choose, I would go shoes. I mean, shoes are something I'm I'm really passionate about, been passionate about them longer, but hats are yeah. definitely a focal point for me, at least when it comes to spending. You know, when I pick out my outfit every day. I do think I'm paying more attention to hats, but that's largely because I still have hats sitting here that I haven't worn. I've gone through all, most of all my sneakers. How do you? How do they? How do they compare to you? Do you have you thought about it at all? You
1: know, so I had um, I had locks for about twenty years, which would amount to being like a size eight with my yeah. big ass head, <laughs> and so. At the time that I had locks, I had like the go-to Blue Jays hats. You know, you have like the standard issue blue, you have um, the rail. And I think I had, I think I had one old school one. And so when I cut my locks, maybe about two years ago, this is where hats started to sort of like... um, Platform at, a, at the same, at the beginning levels of what shoes has always been. You know, so like I'm a Blue Jay fan and, and I know we're going to get into that, but like having this ability to buy Blue Jay hats at a price point that didn't put me in like shoe categories mm-hmm. allowed for me to have this collection of Blue Jay hats now that like I'm now rotating through several hats. And as you had said, there's hats that I haven't even worn, but um, I love this era that we're in because truly I'm able to like express my love for the blue Jays, but also like add a little fashion to it. My shoe, like my shoes are always going to be in rotation. You know, I'm always going to think about shoes. They're the first things, like they're the things I need to wear as I go outside. I don't always have to wear hats, right? Like I always have to wear a pair of shoes at some point. So yeah. um, I'm not gonna, it's not going to be remiss of my thoughtfulness of shoes, but uh I think I lean into like hats right now. And, and, and right now that's okay, because it sort of like coincides with the work that I'm doing with the Blue Jays and, and, and having those hats on field when I, when I, when I'm, when I'm there photographing. And so, um, but at the same time, like, you know, the players are like a bit younger than me now and they know sneaker culture. Right. So like having this pairing of like a nice pair of shoes and a nice hat, like, Kind of helps with enchanting like and having like a, a relationship of some sort, you know, when it comes out to, to me being on the field. So uh I kind of talking on both sides of my mouth here, to be honest, John. So I, I, I like the idea of having both of them really sort of paired up, but I, I really do like the ability to have like a lot of Blue Jay hats right now. I
0: really do. I feel the same way, and you know, with sneakers have been heavy into it for quite a while and there's a lot of exciting things happening in the hat world that you know designs new designs coming on and part of me thinks that you know it's been it's been there done that in sneakers but that's probably just you know me and and the the prices in in sneakers and and the fact that hats are still still reasonably i mean there's hype and there's resell but uh sneakers are still in a lot of cases hard to get and although hats hats are too i'm curious what percentage of your collection is it is are you a all jays guy or you have a a few more mixed in there from other teams or is it is it pretty strict especially in the al that you don't mess with any any rivals or anything i i
1: i think i lean to like my first being a sport guy like i'm a bronco fan i'm a blue jay fan and i'm a raptor fan and like any other sort of deviation of those things feels like i'm like breaking principles when it comes down to fandom and i guess that's the weird part of fandom that you have these loyalties to these teams but at the same time i'm a toronto guy except for Denver. but you know that's that's a a longer story but um i'm loyal to the i'm loyal to the team that that you know is a part of my childhood specifically with the blue jays so like Wearing like a, a Boston Red Sox, uh, you know, the idea that or the J, like I, I have one L.A. Dodgers hat. And the only reason why I have a L.A. Dodgers hat is because it was a Joe Fresh Goods um, collaboration hat. And so uh, I'm su- I'm a supporter of, of of the black creatives that are making space in these fashion spaces. And if Mm -hmm. I have like that ability to be able to support that work, then I'm going to do that because I would hope someone would do the same thing for me if I ever, you know, make those sort of like, you know, inner integrations of my work. So I have one LA Dodgers hat. I definitely have a Montreal, I have a few Montreal hats because like I used to live in Montreal, John, like I was born in Toronto but I used to go to Montreal every spring, Ray Days. If you remember Ray Days, there were like two weeks, right? So I was, there every, yeah. I was there for spring, I was there for summer, and I was there for like winter. And so I did that for probably about 17 years before living there for a year. And so like, yeah, the Montreal Expos are, are near and dear to me, you know? And so like, I do have a couple of those. But other than that, I have some bison hats. And that's obviously because they're the AAA affiliate of the Blue Jays. And ironically now are, well, you know, coming on the tail end of the hype, but it was funny watching those hats be like the, the, the hat of, of, of the industry. And I'm like, well, I just like them because it's our AAA affiliate. <laughs> and by chance, here they are being like the hypest hats in the scene. So um, those are the three that I have. I have a couple of like Negro League hats um, based off of my own, obviously, politics. And my, bit like, wanting to, like, unearth histories that are, you know, that, that have been told and, and should be continue to be told. So I would say I lean towards probably about like 89, 92% Blue Jays and then like spot ones of like choice choice hats that, that I kind of care
0: about. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you hi- highlighted some of those things, you know, the Joe Fresh goods and some of the, you know, the, they're doing the Negro League hats and things like that. They're doing more of that. And I think, you know, that's not only the exciting things that are happening in hats, but they're good examples of things that, you know, at least when I was younger and was into fitteds and kind of had, had a long period when all I cared about was sneakers in terms of, in terms of making, you know, purchases in terms of gear. I mean, I, I'd buy t-shirts and, and jerseys and things like that, but hats weren't a focus. Mm -hmm. I kind of just had some, and I also had hair that, um, restricted my ability to wear hat, uh, hats or at least consistently the right size but um, you yeah. know you highlighted some things that that I think are important and that they're doing to make it exciting and and aside from just a you know a nice design that that has cool colors that maybe match a pair of sneakers they're actually doing things to tell stories and, and that's what was really cool about sneakers for a long time it still is the storytelling and it, it's not a story every every hat or every pair of sneakers but It's certainly cool when when you can learn about a team or a player, um, you know, that was important in history or was just a great, great player. I wanted to also ask about um, some of your early memories in sneakers because we got connected. And I'm sure this was later in your sneaker life, if you want to so call. But the first connection we made, I think, was probably from um, Toronto-based sneaker group. On Facebook, and I think we've only met once. We may have bumped into each other other places, but I remember coming downtown to I don't know if it was your studio or your place on Queen Street and you yep. bought a pair of uh, Kobe BHM 9 highs. And I, of course, always regretted buying them. I recently bought a, a new pair, <laughs> uh, not a new pair, used <laughs> pair, because, you know, re- regrets. And if something comes back up, and, and obviously, I don't know if they're ever going to make those shoes again. So I grabbed another pair, but um, talk about, you know, your early days if you had any kind of coming up in sneakers and sort of how it developed to where you are now so like you know for me so
1: from that point when we had purchased like we had met up I wasn't too far into my sneaker cult like my my sneaker journey I guess you could say because you know i you know in my early childhood like socioeconomics didn't allow for me to like really think about shoes i mean sorry it made me think about shoes but the ability to get them was not a part of like my my childhood um i remember my first pair of jordans were <laughs> one of the more like um I think they're really fascinating because they, they deviated from everything to do with what uh, Jordans were doing. I had the Jordan 15s, um, the Carolina ones. And this was like 1999 or 2000. I remember buying those pair of Jordans. And it was just like, I'm buying Jordans. I can buy Jordans. I'm buying Jordans. <laughs> and they end up being like one of the more like, um, just one of the more like away from the design aesthetic of what Jordan did. But like, for me, that didn't matter because I was like, yes, I got one, you know, like it it felt like a baseball card that you've always dreamed of. It always felt like just having that pair, no matter what number it was, it was like, nope, this is a Jordan. And I finally have one. So that was one of the first, that was the first pair of Jordans that I had purchased. But then as I was sort of like, you know, finding my way as an artist buying Jordans was definitely not on the priority list. So I was a Chuck guy, (laughs) you know, I was wearing Chucks, all sorts of Chucks, lows, highs. Like I just, they were very cheap, but they were really cute because you can like get different colors, but they weren't, you know, they weren't um, sneaker prices. So I was able to like afford them. Um, And then as I grew up and my feet were hurting and I'm like, why am I doing the self-inflicted pain? I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's time to probably think about shoes because I need my feet. I need to walk, I need to have like this ability to navigate through the spaces that I do as a photographer. And like that's when I started to get really back into to the shoes. And I went to um Fort Fort Myers, uh sorry, sorry, Fort Wayne in 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 Texas uh for a photo shoot. And the Jordan 2s. Uh, the white and reds were coming out that time. And again, I have these, I don't know what is with me and these like contrarian, like Jordan shoes that I'm getting. <laughs> but My reintroduction to shoes was the Jordan twos. And again, not an heralded pair of shoes. Now they are, but like that back then, they weren't a heralded shoe. And I was able to just walk into a footlocker and, and, and purchase those. And so from that point on, it's sort of like the impetus of like my journey of Jordans, because that is when I start to be conscious about wanting to buy Jordans. And so, um, yeah, from that point on, everything sort of like spiraled <laughs> into um, acquiring shoes, learning about the culture of shoes, the inability to get shoes, how to get shoes, who to talk to to get shoes, you know, like, I hadn't known that I needed to do all of these things. So um, I got wise to it and, and was able to sort of make friends and, and, and colleagues and, and get shoes that I really liked because I wasn't really reselling because reselling to me, I, I was already being a social, like I'm, I'm self-employed. I don't have enough time to like resell shoes and also like have a whole practice, but I just wanted to make sure I had shoes. So um, yeah, that's sort of what started it. And, and again, you know the Kobe's another kind of contrarian shoe right like that was not one of the ones that were a part of the leading um kind of shoes that were out there but I really love them and I'm, I'm really happy I have them and in hindsight I'm glad I still have them and and obviously things have changed in the in the histories of Kobe and obviously his life has changed because he doesn't have one right now and unfortunately like Having that is sort of like an honor as well, you know, like it's an yeah. honor to have a pair of shoes that are, are are from such a legend and 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 complicated, you know, heroes such as Kobe. So, um, yeah, I'm glad I have that pair. I'm glad that was sort of the impetus of our story. And and obviously because of that is what brought us here. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about the ideas of talking about these shoes that I have
0: yeah and uh, i'll confess that i didn't even make the connection until well after we were in the hat group together because you had a you have a you have a you have a different name on your. You don't have your personal name on your on your hat account, and I didn't make the connection until at least a couple of weeks in. But uh, then I did, and I was like, "Wow, you know, small world." And uh, you know, actually, not that small in the Toronto slash uh, hat slash sneaker community. I think I, I think it's growing, but um, you know, I, I I think given our given our backgrounds and our histories in it, it's not that surprising that we ended up here. But uh, I'm glad we did. Are there some other pairs that? you or some pairs that you you know own or don't own that mean a lot to you or you just uh you just really like for me
1: it was the the jordan six b reds you know like i'm you know 91 was when i was 10 years old and i remembered jordan winning the championship you know like we all have our our introduction to jordan's and and it's oftentimes it's our like childhood memories that sort of like um You know bring us these stories and so 91 for me i remember actually i remember two i remember the b reds and i remember the midnight navies Mm -hmm. um both of which i have now and i remember the midnight navies because i think they were in the source magazine I, i i firmly believe i remember there being an ad in the source magazine i remember seeing that and having this desire for it so um a having the ability to get that shoe was really awesome, um, and so I have that one. Um, off the top of my head, I also if if <laughs> if I go upstairs and I make this sound, is it going to be a problem? Because I think it's it's probably best for me to just look it's at okay. them. Okay, we,
0: we got to yeah. know we got to know what's up there. This <laughs> is uh, this is real life uh, and real sneaker. Real sneaker talk. So, I, I, I if you got to go upstairs to see them, I, uh, I have the luxury of being around, and I'm constantly looking back when I'm talking and trying to remember. But uh, if you got them stashed somewhere else, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. So those ones, So uh, here we are. Go ahead.
1: So Polaroid, the Polaroid Dunks, um, is another pair of shoes that I didn't even know I wanted until I saw them, because it, it speaks to like both of my loves. You know, like, my love of photography and my love of shoes. And so, when they did, like, a, a collaboration, I'm like, I have to have them. Like, there's no way, A, I couldn't not have them. Um, there's and so many I many have... photography-themed collabs. No, no, no. <laughs> so, like, having that one was definitely one of them. Um, another pair would be, like, my Ken Griffey's. You know, I'm, I'm, I didn't know I'm starting to collect Ken Griffey shoes, but I'm now at, like, my fourth pair now. Um, and so I love having those um, in my rotation. Um, the Air Max, like the Ken Griffey Max 1s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a couple of those, or sorry, three of those in different colorways. Um, I have the 2s in one colorway. Um I love the Jordan Four white cements because like a pair of jeans, like a pair of Levi, sorry, like, you know, um, Q-tips, you know, like they're just standard things that are in the world of like culture. And, 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 the, and the white cements for me are a part of that like standard issue, always around the 501 jean, you know, like that, that sort of shoe to me. So like having mm-hmm. that was really nice. Um, I have a UNC one that I won from, I can't remember the retailer, but this was like a Canadian retailer. And I won a pair of the Jordan one UNCs, which have now become, I mean, they've always had, you know, that sort of reverence, but they've also changed with, you know, Virgil's, um, engagement with that shoe. And also Mm -hmm. like, it's a really great cut and the leather is really nice. Like it's a really nice constructed shoe that they made in that version. So, um, I really enjoyed that one. I have a dunk that is a Yankee colorway, but they're baseball, so they supersede my love for them, and I'll just say, or for my lack of love for them, um, but love them because they are baseball themes, and and as you know, like baseball themes and photography themed, they, like shoes are not really kind of out there. So um, having that is really in there, and. I would say the last one, and I talked about it from the, um, the top of my conversation was the Joe Fresh Goods uh, New Balances. Um, again, an, an admirer of his work in community in Chicago, his ability to like really create some really dynamic like shoes and um, culture around the shoes. And so uh, having his shoe was really like, you know, it was really nice to have one of his shoes in, his, in my collection as well too. Because uh, I just have like you know a lot of reference as another artist to to be able to to make something that really resonates with a lot of people.
0: Yeah, you've talked about that a little bit. Uh, maybe we could get a little deeper because yeah. as a creator, and it seems like the brands are giving creators more opportunities. Maybe not photographers yet. Maybe photographers soon. I'm sure, you know. I know Virgil took photog- took photos sometimes, and and other people who who are artists take photographer take take photos, but not on the photography tip necessarily. But the idea of giving artists and creators these opportunities, collab people, maybe not even in the fashion space. Um, I mean, certainly seems like it's uh, picking up a little bit at least. And and I know I'm welcome to it. So how how do you feel about all that?
1: I think because like, as I said, like when I leave the house, I put on a pair of shoes like I can't not, you know. And so, I mean, I guess I could like if I'm, a, you know, I really could, but it wouldn't really be good for my soles and my feet. (laughs) But ultimately, we all wear a pair of shoes. You know, we all have um, thoughtfulness. A, if we have the ability to have, be thoughtful, um, in our shoes, and and artists are thoughtful in the things that they make as artists, and so having shoes be the backdrop for the ability to communicate ideas um, spans across all sorts of mediums. You know, I think I think this is why we have like you know lobster, crawfish, dunks. You know, because like food and chefs. And people that think about food, they wear shoes too. And so thoughts about sort of like how to intersect any sort of um, medium can happen in in this space of shoes. And so I, I love the fact that they are getting hip to giving um, expressive um, opportunities for people that are outside of the community of just like physically designing um, really will just allow for other ideas to come out. You know, I really like appreciate Uh, seeing different artists of different mediums come into a shoe space and, 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 and create work. Because again, as I said, I I started from the top, like we all wear shoes, you know, like, and, and if we have the ability to wear shoes, obviously then like, and you make work then like having those intersections can happen. And so I, I would love to see that happen in, in, in new spaces. And i love to see different artists come into the space. And, and I can't quote off some photographers off the top of my head right now, but I, I do remember there was a couple of photographers that have had some shoot collaborations. Um, uh, Shakia, Shakia Jarvis actually being one of them. She shoots a lot of the um, Fear of God uh, work and and has done some work with converse and has done well, i can't remember what shoe she has but i remember her having a shoe specifically and and this was like before collaborations were really really a part of like the conversation so she's a forbearer of that conversation and i hope you know i hope to see more of that because like that was ahead of their time because again i'm not really seeing as many as you said photographers having collaboration so um Having that conversation, I would love to see that happen. I would love to sort of bring my own sort of conversation to that. But, like, you know, every, everything happens at the right time for anyone. So, you know, I'm, I don't press to have it for myself. Um, but if it ends up happening, I know I would have some informed ideas because, like, I do care about thoughts and I do care about creative ideas and I do care about shoes.
0: Yeah and I think you know obviously a lot of people say there's too many collabs we got to get back to basics I I don't share that view I I personally think you know the brands are producing you know a ton of sneakers maybe the market's oversaturated and if there's some misses and there's some some sneakers we don't like or not for us so be it um it's better to give the opportunities out there if 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 half of them stick and the other ones don't then great you know someone had an opportunity even if they didn't have the biggest win ever they get experience a different kind of thing maybe it brings them into the fashion world where they weren't wanted. so i i don't i don't see a negative in it in it at all i want to talk exactly. more. Uh, and, and
1: to go back to that like I think, I think that's a big conversation to be had is that like excellence is always expected and, and that's okay. Cause expectations obviously are, 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 nice to have, but like mistakes breed out other ideas, you know, mistakes breed out other conversations, mistakes make other ways of thinking about things, you know? So like, I, I do like the saturation of ideas because like, because of that moment, something to pivot off of that moment and then we get something of joy you know and so like i i appreciate these 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 spaces that like shoes may have mistakes or hats may have mistakes because then you can visualize things that may not be what you would want but then you can start making decisions based off of that thing so i just wanted to touch on the fact that like yeah mistakes are okay especially when they're given like freedom to do them
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I want to talk more about photography, but I also want to talk about a little bit about your personal life—not a sneaker dad, but um, an uncle. I don't know if you qualify as a sneaker uncle. Maybe that's where the place to start. Are you involved <laughs> in your nephew's sneaker life at all? Are you the type to be buying him shoes, paying attention to what he what he wears, or are you more the uh, "Let's go play catch" and uh, I'm not I'm not buying you shoes kind of guy. <laughs> I'm not going to like state that I won't. But when you're like seven and
1: eight, I still think you can have shoes, but I would rather spend the money on him finding joys and activities, you know, like once he starts getting into an age where shoes start to last longer than seven months, (laughs) then (laughs) as a dad, I'm sure you can appreciate that. But like, I would like to just wait until he gets to a space, he can wear the shoes longer than a year.
0: You figured it out already, and you're not even a dad that's good. <laughs> that's this is good. what
1: being an uncle is about right you get <laughs> yeah. to see them. I said you know you it's not a mistake, but you get to observe And I'm a photographer, so I get to observe other dads and other parents and other mothers and other you know partners and other people that take care of children like they that that is a part of it, and I'm like no i i I appreciate that, but I think what I'm willing to take out of this is like I won't do that,
0: yeah, and I think especially not that you changed in terms of the way you you were be active as an uncle but i personally i think the last two years real help, help people realize that although yeah we've all been ordering online and accumulating whatever sneakers hats furniture whatever um you know the it's experiences that especially for kids that they really need especially because they kind of lost you know a year and a half of experiences yeah. in some way it's really sad to think about but you know they're so yeah. resilient but you know you probably didn't get to see them for a good chunk of time right 100% didn't you 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 nailed
1: it you know like losing a big part of that time is 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 was was devastating on on many levels that hey you haven't even reg- like I haven't even registered but you know time has passed and 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 certain things uh, have changed that allow for us to be back in, in 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 ways that weren't you know and so I take those joys you know so me being active and being present is sort of like the ways in which I want to be in and active and present doesn't have to mean that a present is a present, but a presence is what I'm looking to achieve with him, you know?
0: For sure, for sure. So you you like to take him out and get him out there, get him get him in the field running around and just kind of be a be a I guess a typical uncle in a way and, and just kind of have fun, right? Exactly. I like
1: what the best part is that like he 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 is fully into baseball and it's not because any of his parents want him to be it's because he wants to be and I get to be a witness to the joy and I get to be a witness to observing him and I get to be a witness to my photography so uh, I'm his biggest photography fan so he's going to definitely get a great (laughs) photo essay throughout his childhood um, uh, of this experience that he's having so yeah I definitely am very privileged to be able to call him uh, my nephew
0: sounds cool and out there playing baseball taking pictures to does see he, does he want to is he there yet i imagine seven or eight probably just happy to take have pictures taken of him and, and not not grab the other editors. no
1: way no no he's i've given him a camera he's had a camera in his hand since probably four years old oh, and wow. and now is commanding um the camera in ways that are joyful to watch and observe and and you know how children are now like they know about YouTube and he's talking mm-hmm. about he's throwing intros and videos and calling <laughs> his name out and saying my name is Cordell and I'm here like he's doing throws and I'm like <laughs> what is he doing? This is amazing. <laughs> so is amazing. he's a dynamic kid. He's a very dynamic kid and 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 thankfully like that that um part of of what i love is is something that he enjoys too so yeah when he sees my camera he's not just trying to be in front of it that's for sure he's definitely trying to get the camera in his hand so uh, i'm not going to get in the way of that ever so i, I don't mind uh a, a two. i don't mind the the hobbies he enjoys because like i can help him with for sure
0: Yeah, nothing wrong with a pair of sneakers or two, but definitely I would prefer uh, having a kid behind and learning something creative and and doing something there that they can learn. And that's part of the reason why, um, you know, um to be honest sometimes you know i I try and get my son involved with his sneakers or or whatever get him get him doing videos and things like that and uh you know he's interested to uh he's interested to some degree and uh he really just wants to do his own thing so i think um that's where the phase we're at now is sort of like you know you want to make youtube videos you don't want them to be about sneakers go ahead make them about whatever you want and um and uh, we'll go from there. I do want to talk more about photography because we're we're obviously touching on it. Uh, Need to know, when did you get into it? When did it become a thing, or when did you know it was serious for you? Uh, Okay, so
1: knowing and serious are two things for me. (laughs) So (laughs) knowing, I would say um, sometime in like, I don't know, I think maybe 87, 88. I was like eight years old, and like, my dad had a Yashica camera, and I remember not being able to not not being able to use it, but I didn't have the use of it. And I remember the device, um, and then my dad lost it, and I and and that picture stuck with my in me in my head. And I remember just talking about um, cameras, and back in the day, we didn't have phone cameras. Our parents sometimes would get us cameras, so. I always had some level of cameras in my life and which was really fascinating. And I remember, um, in grade five, it was cultural day. And, um, I went to a school where, you know, there was in my class, there was two black folks in it, me being one of them. And, and, and Tassie was, is her name. And I remember Tassie wearing this, um, she's from, I can't remember what Island she's from, but she was wearing, um uh, an african esque patterned um top to bottom dress, and I have this photograph still to this day and it's this well composed um portrait of her and I look back and i 'm like that's truly kind of my first portrait you know like and it, and it sort of speaks to the work that I do now, and so you know I didn't have the language back then to know that that's what I wanted, but I remember that photo and so Going fast-forwarding to about 2000, um, at the time, my girlfriend had bought me a uh, camera and a college course, which might be the title of my my book sometime in <laughs> in the future. But that 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 specific moment is when the impetus, like that was the impetus of me saying, "Yeah, photography was uh, a hobby to photography being something I want to pursue." Because prior to that, like. I was hanging out with friends and being the one that would take pictures, we would like get Polaroids, like every sort of way of documenting, we tried to do that. And so I was the lead of that. And And I said, yeah, this is the way that I want to communicate. And so, um, yeah, it started from there and it was self-taught for five years. And then I uh, worked under a mentor for a year, about a year and a half and joined them in a agency. And then that agency turned into, you know, what it was at the time. And then, I left. Then I went to university, took African studies and anthropology, uh, met some of the leaders of Black Lives Matter at the time, and sort of like really started to learn the language of my photography. You know, I, I would make, I would make work, John. That um, instinctively I would do um, of making sure I would document community in my community, but I never had the language of knowing that I'm the one that is sort of like helping author our stories and like. Making sure that we're telling our stories, and so um that that sort of uh trajectory started um when I really started to understand the purpose of my work and so when I started to do that that's kind of like when things started to sort of rise and focus up you know my the attention of my work and so yeah you know i'm I'm in my I'm almost in my twentieth year of photography now, and 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 I've thankfully been able to communicate ideas and document like stories for for the time that I've I've been able to do that.
0: Yeah, cool. And um, as a journalist myself, I've always been envious of photojournalists and what they do because obviously the storytelling you can do is different, but um, you know, photos are obviously. Uh, very powerful and um, almost almost can be um can do things that well definitely can do things that w- words can't but also open up things to people who maybe necessarily don't have the time or children or just uh, just a really big audience. I want to talk a little bit about where you're working now because I haven't come from the newspaper world, I know how tough it is to be in mm. newspapers, but the West End Phoenix is something different when it comes to traditional as opposed to traditional newspapers right can you talk a little bit about that yeah for sure so about like you know five, not about five years ago um, I was approached
1: uh, by Dave Bedini, who had this idea that um, you know he had done some work in the Yukon um, with the newspaper folks over there and, and then it sort of sparked the idea that he wanted to bring something local to Toronto you know there was um you know we had our newspapers uh but they were talking about national stories you know within the context of toronto sometimes but he wanted something more hyper local and and something local um in specific you know in the in the west end and so um he had approached me about the idea of running the photo department as a, as a photo editor and at the time i was you know freelancing with Macleans. um and I would work, you know, work there from from time to time. And prior to that, I was working at Sportsnet Magazine. And so, you know, like at that point, I was really thinking about how I can like contribute back to photography because it's given me so much. And and photo editing, um, at the for me was this ability to um care about photography past just myself, you know. And so, um, it it I took that as an opportunity because when I was working at McLean's and I was working at sports and I was working under someone and, and, and those folks are, 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 I'm very thankful for them because they allowed for me to have this space as being a photo editor. And so now being able to run the, the ship myself, um, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Would love to do that. And, and, and he enjoyed my photography, which allowed for that to mean that I also can, you know, still maintain my photographic practice in this newspaper. As someone that, you know, has a, had aspired to be a photography or, sorry, a photojournalist in these newspapers. And so, yeah, I, I, I started there um, and, and we've been rocking ever since. You know, I really enjoy the fact that we've had, you know, you know success in these five years. I, I enjoy the fact that we're broadsheet and, and, and we have this now considered audacious size newspaper. Um, but it allows for people to sort of like take you know, time to, to read the paper you know, like, it's not just like a quick read, you got to spend time with it. And with that, you get to spend time with the photographs, because these photographs are large, you know, they're very well designed by our art director, um, Alicia. And, and and so having this ability to sort of communicate ideas through photography, and also like have this um, roster of very talented uh, photographers from the city. Uh, I love doing because like, stories need to be told and I'm not the only one that is going to be telling these stories so if I'm able to like platform photographers that deservingly need that space and deservingly should have that space then I'm going to continue doing this work as a photo editor so yeah I I really enjoy uh, my time at you know uh, West End Phoenix because again it's this duality of being able to
0: like still make
1: photography in my own
0: work but
1: also like platform photographers that like really deserve um, the work that they have.
0: Very cool. And of course, that has brought up the opportunity to take some photographs, at least now, of the Blue Jays, right? Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So our newspaper runs from September to June. And, and so there's these, you know, there's the summer months where we have like one special issue. And then it's sort of like you know, building, building up ideas and building up things, you know, for, for us to ramp back up in September. And so, um, I'm you know, uh, prior to uh, the pandemic, I was shooting some Jays games through West End Phoenix, but there wasn't a very specific body of work that we were making. And, and so um, coming up to the fact that now the Jays are back, um they're here at the at the Rogers Centre and like they're fully back and so i was like wait how can i how can i think about ways in which um i can work at these Jays games and also sort of speak to the work that i'm doing and so um the larger context of this work is about normalizing and visualizing black folks in baseball and not just like the players but like the frontline staff the field crew the fans just everyone that sort of engages with baseball because like they were never really central in, in the visual culture of, of baseball. You know, I'm, I'm coming from like, I'm a Sandlot kid, you know, like I watched Sandlot and, and, the, and, the, and the black kid that was in that show is like my star. But if you look at the cover, you barely see him. His eyes are just showing, you know, or, you know, major leagues. And you, you would get like really intro you'd get really like complicated and problematic tropes um, from from the two characters that were Wesley Snipes and the other brother, I can't remember. But like, they were never really central to a baseball story. And so like, I've, I've done this work of centralizing Black folks in baseball um, with this effort to like, normalize this experience. Because like, in my community, everyone talks about baseball, but you never see it in the ways that visual culture is being made. So blue, the, my time with the Blue Jays is like my site of this conversation. And so... Um, I've gone from the beginning of the year, and I hope to go until the end of no- like the beginning of November because I'm hoping that's when the, the parade will be in Toronto. Um, and so I've been making this work um, at the Jays games um, of the fans, of the crew, of the Jays, of course, and and it really is really fa- fascinating because like they have this barrios jacket that at the end of um, every home run they come to the the front of what we would be the photo pit and the end of their bench. And they would always pose for the camera. And like, it would either be, you know, it's obviously a lot of people hitting home runs, but Patel for instance, is really into this. Vlad is really into this. And so having this ability to sort of connect with them through, these, through this photography that I'm doing has been a really fascinating like um, work. And ultimately like seeing people and the feedback I've been getting has been really nice because I'm getting folks that don't watch baseball look at the photos and say, I love what this looks like. I need to come to a game. And that right there is exactly why I think I'm going to continue, continue making this work because those are the folks that I want to be at the game. You know, these are the folks that are, I know would love the game, because, but the game didn't love them in the ways that I know that it should be loved. And so this is my sort of contribution to it. I'm not the only one making this work, but I also want to be a part of the people that talk, make this conversation. And so it's been really fascinating and it's been really great. And there's been so much like joy in making this work. And there's so much joy in these photos that I, I'm I'm really appreciating the feedback and, and response that I've been getting from it.
0: Do you get the impression that players now are more aware? I mean, they're, they're celebrities, they're, they're athletes. But maybe with the more popularity of social media, like, I, you know, I, I see your pictures and you often do, uh, you, you often seem like they're super candid with these players in their environment, putting on the jacket or, or whatnot. And then there are other times, you know, when you're doing portraits, maybe not of the players that I've seen you do, and it, it, it's someone posing. But I'm wondering if the, you think the, how much the players know you're there. I mean, they're always going to be cameras on them, but you're kind of, not in the dugout, but as close as it comes to be, do you think they sense the presence or how much of that do you pay attention? I'm kind of trying to dig into your head as a photographer that, you know, you don't want them to know you're there, but do you think? Well,
1: I say, okay. So for me, I think it's a duality of like um, fly on the wall uh, photography Mm -hmm. and um, being familiar with the gaze that I have. And, and, and some of the players that I can connect with, you know, because like when I'm in the pit, while it is becoming a more, um, you know, I I had a conversation with some other photographers, but like it's become a more racialized space. There hasn't been a lot in the histories of my time there, a lot of black photographers there. And so I, I, I've come to understand how my gaze, may have a different tonality with some of the other black players and, and, and seeing that engagement, I know my presence is felt there. Like I, I would be remiss not to say that because again, as I said it from the top, I'm wearing different blue Jay hats that are not the team colors and, and they're different takes on it. It's either like a purple lids one or a two-tone one. And then I have like a pair of Jordans on. Like I know that like I'm not understated you know like i'm not coming in understated and so um i think that as i had said at the top is helping sort of like enchant um them in some way shape or form um by seeing my presence there but also hopefully with the what the work is going to speak for itself and for them to see the work and want to continue to engage with me to give like really great photos is is something that i think is going to continue with this ability to sort of not connect with words, but connect with gaze. You know, because oftentimes when you look at someone on the other side of that camera, they don't often look like you. But in this opportunity, they do look like me, and I look like them. And this, this, this like unspoken gaze that I believe has gotten um, some really great photos out of that moment, and 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 continue, and I hope to continue making those sort of moments um, as the you know, as the as the uh, season progresses.
0: Mm-hmm. And given the makeup of the league and your colleagues in the pit do you feel like there's a additional responsibility for you to kind of um well i i don't know highlight highlight these players and 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 give people what they haven't done because you know if you look at the pit i mean historically there's going to be a lot of a lot of guys uh typically white that look the same i know they're not all white i know you know i've been around Mm. photographers forever but do you feel like a, a responsibility or is it more of an opportunity? I think there's both, you know, because
1: there's really great photographers that are in that pit, like from a craft perspective, right? Like the craft of photography, like the skill set of making pictures, like the purpose of why they're there, like they're always going to be there. And I really am an admirer of the, the photographs that they make um, and take. And so I'm not going to go and try and do those photographs because they're already doing it at a high level. And with like a skill that has been honed for many years, or maybe not many years, because sometimes you can have glory in, in in an early career. So for me, like, I don't want to get in the way of that conversation, because that conversation will happen and continue to happen. So I feel like there's a responsibility for my presence to be there to sort of like, find the stories that relate to my experiences. And if, right now, there's not many of the folks that look like me that are making those photos in that experience, then that's where it becomes a responsibility. Because then that's when I can have uh, my attention to the the nuances of baseball, you know, like, when I see like a black auntie that gets a baseball at the end of the game, and, and she has this baseball, and I see the joy in her face, I'm going to go and make that photograph. And I'm going to get her that photograph. Because like, that moment is not often really given. And when that moment is photographed, I feel like other people seeing that will sort of enchant them to sort of think about baseball as well, too, which is not really like the, the job skill set of a wire photographer, right? Like Mm -hmm. the the job set of the wire photographer is to get the action, to get the really great highlights, to get the really good photograph of a home run or a catch or, and so like, that conversation needs to happen. I know that because I know the, the sort of purpose of this work as a photo editor, right? Like I, 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 I engage in that work. But where my work sits in is sort of some, the culture of baseball. And that's not to remiss their photos from being a part of the culture of baseball, because it is. But there's just a different part of the conversation within it that I think is my responsibility as I be there, um, as I am there um, as a photographer.
0: Yeah, it's cool you're doing it. It's cool that they're letting you, and the opportunities are open up, and and you're doing some other things like video, and, and the acknowledgement that you know there's there's a story these stories should be told, and you know people like you are out there to tell them. I I, I think is really great. You mentioned that um your what you're wearing, uh, whether it's on feet or on your head while you're taking photographs. I imagine the players you know, don't have a lot of time or you don't have the opportunity to engage with them about it, I'm sure they notice. If mm-hmm. they do have an opportunity to engage, has that ever happened? But more, maybe more likely, how much are you paying attention to what they're wearing? Because I know a lot of players wear sort of heat on the field. There's definite heat on the field much more
1: now than ever. And specifically with Vlad now, because he's – I I I, I believe he signed with Jordan. It doesn't feel like they've made an announcement or it's mm-hmm. loud, but um, you know he's he's wearing you know UNC to Chicago converted cleats, <laughs> or he's wearing Jordan Ten converted cleats, or you know like I'm seeing these like real classic Jordans or contemporary Jordans as cleats, and we don't get them, which I hope one day changes, but. Mm-hmm. I I know he's cognizant uh, of 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 obviously the choices he makes with the shoes that he has because they're very very skillfully chosen. Alex Manoa is another one that has been really leaning into sneaker culture because like he has all the same sort of custom Jordans or not custom because maybe they're they're far, right from Nike themselves, but um you you know when when for some like I'd like to describe myself as like I see for a living. <laughs> you know like I I I certainly have used that way of communicating and my ability to observe is something that I've always, you know, done for a long time. So when I come on the field and I'm walking across, oftentimes like other human beings now, John, we don't look at each other's faces. We look at each other's feet, you know? And so like, I, I see those moments, you know? And so while you can't have like the full engagement of, yo, those are some fly ass kicks you know, there's an acknowledgement of what you're wearing, because like, that's when you're into shoes, you definitely know the first thing that you look at is, is the, is the feet of someone. And so that's happened a few times as I walked across the field for sure. And, and so um, there hasn't been any sort of conversations directly about it. Um, but I certainly know that there's some observations about what I've had and what they've had. So um, there's definitely some unspoken, like big ups is, is, is kind of how it feels like.
0: Yeah, and I know you're mostly working on the field. You probably don't get to photographer, ph- photograph the players when they're coming in or anything like that. That's probably private anyway, but I'm sure they're wearing them off-field because we've seen it in other sports, especially basketball, uh, but but across the spectrum of athletes getting more into sneakers as sneakers have become more widespread and more mainstream so i i, I can only imagine the baseball players are doing that and and it's also other teams right i mean there's guys all over the league wearing you know not just nikes and jordans although they'll get a lot of the attention but they're wearing you must see it from other other teams too
1: oh yeah like you know Bo has some really fly like new balance like i'm seeing or sorry nikes i see Tao wearing some new balances like there's I like the era that we're in because they've given them freedom expression. Like, it's not just like black cleat, blue cleat, black cleat, white cleat. Like there's designs, you know, like there's colorways, there's like choices that are made. There's like customized ones. Like I I, I certainly have come to um, be thankful for this era because it makes for like them to be seen, you know, like you get to know them a little more through the things that they wear, right? Because like, that's that's the places with such a utilitarian um, type of uh, industry. There's not many places for someone to express themselves on the field. You know, you have maybe your glove and you maybe you, and you have your shoes because everything else has to be like utilitarian. You got to wear a uniform, you got to wear the hat, you got to wear the, like the, the pants, like everything has to be very like, um, worn in, the, in a particular way so you know this era that we're in and the freedoms that they've been given like yeah i would love you know we don't have players weekends anymore hopefully they bring that back and like maybe that will bring on some like really like creative like shoe releases because that's the time in which like you can really put some attention to that and shit, that, that's an idea for them If they run it i need something from that but i really do like appreciate Again, like the 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 folks that are really being thoughtful about their shoes, you know, Tim Anderson's another cat that I remember wearing like some really fly kicks. I can't remember what they were, but he's very thoughtful with the shoes that he rocks. Cause like he wears them obviously off field as well too. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very good era, John, and and I, I only can see it getting better from here, especially with like all the brands that are really putting focus hopefully back into baseball the way that it looks like.
0: Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it qualifies as you being distracted from what you're supposed to be doing when you're looking at players footwear, or if that is part of the job description. But I know for personally, I'd much rather you focus on the type of pictures you have been because I know everyone really enjoys them and it sounds like you really enjoy them, but I don't know if there's a kicks on field account or, or so there may be, there may be a niche there somewhere or, or somewhere to, because I know there's lots of kicks on court. So maybe there's a kicks on field. That's a free idea for me. i someone already probably, probably already does. <laughs> look at this, Look at this idea. Ideating some really good ideas. You know? So yeah, there might be some offline talks
1: about this because absolutely. There are obviously opportunities because they do, you know, as I said, I go and, and photograph them during batting practice and not always, they're not wearing their gamers always during batting practice. And sometimes they're rocking like their own shoes. And so, yeah. um, uh, new, observation, new observations, new like-
0: observations like P.J. Tucker in the warm-up, he'll wear uh, something that he shouldn't be wearing in the game and uh, and uh, someone always snaps him, although there are, the sneaker accounts do seem to pay attention to the baseball players when they're wearing at least Jordans or something new. And so, or Griffies, so you know, yeah. because like that's another
1: one that they're really paying attention to, like when they see different Griffies, because like they've always given space for Griffy, and I think obviously that's deserving and, and so like, yeah, it feels like there's definitely attention to it, but i don't know if there's
0: a whole account so yeah let's 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 bookmark that one we didn't actually talk about the hat group we probably should before i was about to let you go but that was we didn't make the connection so it really feels good that we have so much to speak about and also
1: (laughs) so much like that we haven't spoken about
0: so yeah so that's how we reconnected because the the sneakers uh connection i've been long off the facebook groups and and uh while um um we may have been following each other on instagram you never know i have I, i can't I can't clear out my followers or ones that i want to have and ones that people i follow right. I, I can't even do it it's 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 too much of a journey so um, but um we did reconnect in the hat group rename fitted friends if people look for the hashtag they'll know that something's going on and um yeah we reconnected there and um discovered that you were in fact the same person that, um, uh, that uh, we met years and years ago. So talk about that maybe in terms of just the community because, you know, I don't like comparing the hat versus the community, but I know, I'll, I'll say this, the hat community, in my experience, has been virtually all positive and people looking out for each other and just truly love it. Is yeah. that, uh, how do you feel about
1: it? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, once you find your community, then you find those joys that you speak about, right? Because you could talk about the, you could talk about all sorts of dynamic connections in any sort of, you know, cultures that are, are around. But if you really just look for the joy, then you're going to only have joyful experiences. Um, and sort of, that's exactly what this, this group has brought, you know? And so like, I love the Jays. I love hats. And, and I know I'm not the only one. And so when this group was formed, it was just a matter of like, Hey, let's share hats that we love. Let's share hats. Let's share like hats that we like, let's share hats that we want to acquire. And let's just talk about how, how that brings us joys in the ways that we do, you know? And so ultimately that's exactly what for me, that, that, that group does for me, you know, it's other people that love hats. It's other people that love Jay's hats, And there's other people that like love wanting hats. And so having like a group of folks to talk about that is really neat, you know, because like when it comes down to like seeing other people enjoy the taste that you have, I love that. I love, I love that because like we get to sort of share, share the things that we care about, you know, and, and in the midst of a whole pandemic, finding spaces of joy is like paramount to our ability to survive through this moment. And, and so th- this hat community has really been a, a really nice part of like these um, things that are happening while life is happening, you know? So like yep. heading into the group and, and looking at some new hats from some of our, from the colleagues that we have has been really cool. And also like meeting friends as a result of that, or like, hey, someone's going to Buffalo and getting <laughs> hats and, 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 and being absolutely, positively great in making sure that everyone has a chance to and then you meet with them and then you have really good connections or someone that you love baseball with and they're like I love hats and they are in the same group and you're like wait a minute how did you get in the group it's like oh it's because like joy is central to what brings us here you know and so um I really have have had a good time connecting with the folks that are in that group um there's so many names to shout out so if you say one and you don't say several then like I don't want to like do that so it's all of the folks over there in, in in the fitted family crew and so like um it's been really nice and as I said like I think as I said in the midst of this moment that like finding spaces of joy um is really really paramount so yeah I'm glad that we both are there it's very fascinating as you said it was it only speaks to, like, the things that both of us care about if we're intersecting in spaces that we didn't even, like, bring each other into, yeah. you know? And so I think that sort of speaks to the other colleagues that are in that space, right? Like, if we're in that space, it obviously brings um, all of us joy to, to to spend, you know, whatever time that we can while while, while navigating through this world that we're navigating through.
0: Mm-hmm. and they even let us talk about sneakers once in a while but the most amazing thing i've discovered <laughs> is that is that not only is there a group uh relatively local not everyone's right in the city but um the hack community in general i've discovered how big it is and it's growing at, at, at a pace i'm sure that might at this point might even be faster than sneakers because sneakers maybe have have seen have seen their growth but i I'm, i wouldn't want to try and compare them but The other thing I noticed about the group, and it's quite obvious, uh, I I think there was a phase where everyone was posting links and it it didn't do me, it did me a service, but it also did me a disservice of buying things. But now the group seems to be a little bit more focused on just sharing and people digging up old hats that they found or ones that we don't know, supporting different local shops and things like that. But there are some really hardcore Jays collectors and, and I think you, you you fit in there. I don't know how you rank. I wouldn't run a ranker, but but that's that what amazes me that someone could be a Jays only collector and almost want it, it's it's a serious collection and almost like I need that for the collection, right? It's like how I used to think of sneakers. I don't think of that as hats, but um, but I don't know I don't know if you consider yourself that much of a Jays collector. It's like oh, there's a Jays hat I don't have it. I need it, or it's kind yeah. of yeah. Like, it feels like that a little
1: bit right because like I've 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 ascribed to the ethos of one team one support you know and (laughs) and I'm really leaning into that and then when it comes down to like how do I decide when I want a hat it's sort of like it goes based off of like palettes you know if there's a specific palette or theme like The themed hat era is really fascinating for the ability to see different ways in which color palettes can interact with each other. And so I don't, I don't like the themes I'm fine with because they bring on ideas and the ideas bring on different colors. And that speaks to like my ability to sort of slot in different colors in the collection that I have. Like, I obviously have several blue Blue Jays hats that have several different patches and different underbrims and different, you know, flat logo versus puff logo. And and ultimately, like, it doesn't lead for the reasons why I buy it, but it certainly informs on when I decide to buy it. Because I'm like, I'm not going to buy every blue Blue Jay hat there is. Because I, redundancy is really not going to – it's like, you know, our conversations that we had offline about Jordan 1s, right? Like, I've had so many Jordan 1s, I think I'm a bit over several different colorway Jordan era, you know? Like, I have my choice ones, but I don't need all the same ones. And so that's how I feel about Jays hats, you know? Like, I will definitely – I only have now two orange Jays hats, but I love orange because I'm a Broncos fan. So, you know, I always find a reason to find um, a reason to add a shoe or sorry a hat to my collection. And so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because that becomes, I mean, I am a collector and I am a Blue Jay fan, but I also like having things that I like. And so I'm pretty sure I can find ways of finding things I like. And so an anecdote such as like, I am a Bronco fan, so I need to have orange Blue Jay hats yeah it is is how i make decisions sometimes so um, <laughs> I, i'm i'm okay with the ways in which i find these places of like purchasing because i ultimately it leads back to like me being a fan of the jays you know and so um yeah i'm i'm pretty definitely hardcore i would say with my jays uh collection i'm I, I, comparison aside i just know i have i can I, the the problem with also being self-employed is that like i I oscillate between being able to be really on it with my social media and not, you know, we're rounding the corner of a, of a really great 30 day Jay's collection or hashtag that has gone. And hopefully people check that out because there's some really great ones. Um, ironically, I haven't participated in the ways in which I would have loved to, um, but that means there's more days to do. So I might just have to just do a really good, you know, Tail end collection <laughs> shoot um, because I certainly have a lot to show. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I definitely ended by saying that like, I certainly have a lot of J's and I have, certainly have more to show.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be June. We, I know the people in the group and people on social media want to see it, see it anyway. And you touched on it. Um, you know, I've met up with a couple of people in the group. I don't think we've had, at least since I've been in a large, a large gathering. You know, um, and I was thinking a Jays game, but then you'd be working, so maybe we'll do something for All Star. We'll go to a we'll go to a pub or something when people are available. And I know we haven't we haven't put it together yet because there's a lot of people, but I know it'll happen. And and you know, the people I have met, you know, it's always you know helping someone or them helping me get something and you know groups cool for that uh you know it's always nice to get hooked up and you, you mentioned buffalo but you know um it's it's not only about getting hooked up with the hats it's it's about community and talking and just you know sh- shooting the shit and and doing whatever and and sharing something that we care about and, and passion so it, it's exactly. it, yeah it's it's great that we reconnected that way and uh although it's it's more hats than sneakers you know I know, I know there's uh, another person out there that will talk with me about both any time. And I'm glad we got to do it today because uh, it was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. And I'm
1: really glad we we're able to have this conversation. It's like it adds to the the, the, the history that we have had and are going to continue to have. And I love that it has intersected in the things that we are really careful and care for. So um, I'd love to do it again. I love, I love the fact that this podcast exists and, and I'm glad I'm a part of the sneaker dad community. By virtue of my uncleness. So um thanks again for having me, Jay.
0: Thanks to Jelani for coming on the podcast. It was certainly refreshing to hear the perspectives of such a talented artist and creator. You can find him at Jelani Morgan on Instagram and at the West End Phoenix. You can find me at Heads Ain't Ready. Sneaker Dads is on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as at sneakerdads.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for episode 98. Later.